In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Think with me, if you will, what it might be like if St. Paul were to travel around San Diego County today as he walked around Athens in the first century. In Athens, he stopped at the Areopagus and spoke to folks who stopped by regularly to discuss the latest ideas in the land. I don't know where he might stop in our county, but if there were a place to have such discussions, this is what I think he might say. Men and women of San Diego, I see that in every way you are very religious. As I traveled around your county, I observed objects of worship. I see your altar called the Q, where many of you formerly worshiped sports deities. I saw beautiful fields of delicately manicured grass where gods and goddesses hitting little white dimpled balls draw crowds to praise them. I saw the Salk Institute and other science laboratories where many place their hope for the future. I found your symphony hall and centers for the arts holy places where artistic expression and performance reign supreme. I walked through your malls where I see examples of your sex goddesses and electronic gadgets which keep you longing for more. I note evidence of your local restaurants and bars where you gather to give praise. Yet as I talk to some of you, St. Paul might say, I see emptiness in your eyes and sense aching in your hearts, and I perceive that in your heart is yet another altar, an altar to the unknown God. You sense that there is something higher than merely self-indulgent human gods, and you long to know what it is. And what you long for, I want to declare to you now. This God I speak of is the one who made you and the world that you live in. He is not a fabrication of human invention. He is not a part of creation. He stands above it. He is greater and far more powerful than you ever dreamed. This God has given you your life, and he has set the boundaries of nations and history. Your longing for eternity was placed there by him. You may grope for him, but he is not far from you. And it is his creative work in you who are made in his image that makes it possible for you to engage in athletic activities, scientific endeavor, artistic expression, and even sexual pleasure. But this God is calling you to repent, to change direction and loyalties. You have worshiped your own creativity instead of acknowledging him as the creator. You have forgotten the giver of the gifts. You have rebelled against your creator and have gone your own self-made way. You have chosen the way of futility and death. St. Paul might continue saying, God calls you to turn from serving these false gods and to love and obey the living and true God, your creator. God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world to save the world. Through his death, he made a way back to God to save us from destruction. And by his resurrection, he has demonstrated that he has come with power to save and to judge the world. This Jesus is the pivotal point in history, either the stepping stone to God or the stumbling block to those who reject him. He offers reconciliation with the creator, and he alone can give it. St. Paul might say that, don't you think? And whereas I'd like to take credit for thinking this up, I adapted this from a former colleague of mine who paraphrased St. Paul's speech in Athens for the 20th century university campus. 
But today's reading from Acts could probably be adapted to any audience in any century because in, any, in every century, in every time, and in every place, people are looking for God. They may not realize it, they probably don't acknowledge it, but he is the meaning in life they need. As St. Paul says, he is not far from each one of us, having revealed himself through the creation, the grass, the ocean, the mountains, the trees. This time of year, I find myself in awe of the jacaranda trees. Now, if you don't know what the jacaranda trees are, those are the trees that everybody points to and says, what kind of tree is that? (laughs) And believe it or not, you can buy jacaranda trees on the internet. I found a website, and here's what it says. If you think you've died and gone to heaven, you must be standing under a jacaranda tree. That's because the color that will emerge from the clusters of blossoms is so visually breathtaking, it's unlike any other tree in the landscape. Like a sea of lavender, the incomparable blooms flood the tree prior to any leaves, making their striking appearance that much more magnificent. Now, if you think you've died and gone to heaven under a jacaranda tree, let me assure you that heaven will be much better and much more glorious than those incomparable lavender blooms. Because those heavenly blooms of beauty also show us our fallen nature. If you have a jacaranda tree in or near your property, you know what I'm talking about. Because when those blooms fall to the ground, man, they make a mess, they're hard to clean up, and they are, shall we say, quite ugly. But the beauty of the jacaranda tree, and the beauty of all creation, however, does show God's glory And God is not far from each of us. And of course, God is revealed to us in the Holy Scripture and in the breaking of bread. The word of God is Jesus himself, the one who said, I am the bread of life. St. Peter, in the second reading today, reminds us that not only is God not far from us, Jesus died for us that he might bring us to God. And since Christ has done this for us, what do we do? We put him off for later. Or worse, we concentrate on his gifts rather than on him. Now, this is easy to do. I find myself doing all the time, and you probably do too. God gives us a job that we really enjoy, and maybe even that enjoyable job starts to push God to the side a bit. God gives us loving family and friends, and maybe we start to love our families more than we love God. God gives us good food and drink, and maybe we take too much of a good thing. That happens to me sometimes. Does it happen to you? Now, as good as these things are, they are not God, and they are not as good as God. It's easy to focus on the gifts rather than the giver because the gifts are right there in front of us. We can see them, we can smell them, and we can touch them. And although God is not far from each of us, he is not there in the same way our enjoyable jobs are there, our loving friends and families are there, and good food and drink are there. Those things are real. They are more real than God. Well, that, of course, is a lie of the devil. It's from the pit of hell, and it smells like smoke. There's nothing more real than God. God is what gives real its reality. God created these other things. God redeemed these other things, and God the Holy Spirit inhabits these other things. This is what makes these things things, that they are made by God and given to us by God. 
St. Paul says that God is not far from each of us. St. Peter says Jesus died to bring us to God. And St. John says God dwells with us and will be in us. The altar in Athens that sparked St. Paul's speech is to an unknown God. If the truth be told, which it rarely is, most people in Christian churches these days think that God is mostly unknowable. A friend of mine walked into a strange church several years ago and picked up their hymnal. In it, he found what was, to most of us, an old familiar hymn. We sing, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. But the words in this hymnal had been changed to fit their perceived reality. Amazing search, how sweet the quest. These folks are on a journey with no destination. They are walking without a map. And since they are looking for nothing but the journey, they are likely to find just what they're looking for. Our Lord says, I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. I will come to you. He will come to us. Well, whose journey is this anyway? The road we travel is in some ways a very short one. It starts at the baptismal font and it ends at the altar. We need no more than that to be Christian. On the other hand, the road we travel can be a very long one. It starts in the baptismal rite and it ends in the burial rite. In between is a long obedience in the same direction. The Christian God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is knowable. He is infinite and therefore mysteriously beyond our knowing, but he is also knowable. We can know God, and we do know God in the scriptures and the breaking of bread. In May of 2006, I went to Tucson, Arizona to follow up with a man I'd been mentoring at the Navy Brig at Miramar. His name is Michael, and he was on federal parole there and living with his wife and two young daughters. One of his parole conditions was that he attend AA meetings two or three times a week. I had a rental car, and Michael's family only had one car, so I drove him to his AA meeting on Sunday night. We picked up one of Michael's friends, who also had some transportation issues. The friend, whose name I don't recall, was older and had been attending AA for many years. I didn't say much to the friend on the way to the meeting. Now, I'd never been to an AA meeting before and found the atmosphere intriguing. Everyone in the room had problems they couldn't deal with on their own, and they were all admitting they needed help. And all the meeting was held in a church building, Michael told me it was not okay when you were sharing to be very forward about being a Christian. The Christian higher power was just one among, one among many like the gods in Athens. As long as your higher power keeps you sober, it's okay. Michael's friend got up to share during the meeting, and so did several other folks. And on the way to drop off the friend after the meeting, about a 15-minute drive, I asked some questions to him about his higher power. I asked, do you think of your higher power as being personal? This seemed to be confusing to Michael's friend, so I rephrased. Do you think of your higher power as being interested in you? Does your higher power care about you? From his response, my rephrasing didn't help his understanding. It seems to me that Michael's friend, like many people today, believed in an impersonal, unknowable God. This God would supply the ability to stay sober, but beyond that was distant and obtuse. 
it was there to be on call, but not there to be loved and obeyed. Thankfully, the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is not just on call. He is not just a pathway that leads us nowhere. He is with us. He comes to us. He is not far from us. He dwells in us. He brings us to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.